0: This episode sponsored by Furniture Box. Check them out in the description below. Guys, oh welcome God. to the Ground Floor Podcast, the podcast where we ask successful people exactly how they did it. Our guest today is fantastic. We've got Dr. Venita Ratan, she's a cosmetic formulator. Got that right yeah perfect. i thought so um and she's the owner of the skincare line skin by dr v and i wanted to make a note of this as well she is also the author of the book skin revolution the ultimate guide to beautiful and healthy skin of color if you have ever had any problems with your skin as i definitely have you are not going to want to miss this episode vanita thank you so much for being here oh thank Thanks you so much on. for
1: having me i really appreciate it
0: it's a pleasure um, we were literally about to say right before we started that how we met uh, was like a very strange situation yeah. because uh, we were at a corporate event yeah. and uh, from, I think, a mutual friend. And it was a great event. It was really, really Such cool. It was event, so much yeah. fun. So, yeah. much, so fun, much fun. Really, really cool. And I was actually uh, hosting the event. I was booked to host as a, as a comedian. Yeah. And uh wasn't the best crowd <laughs> I've ever had. I'd I would,
2: I would I'd give you that. Yeah, I'd give you that. It, it was a tough crowd. It was a tough, was a really
1: was, co- a tough <laughs> crowd. It's, you know what it is? So many people in that crowd hadn't won a prize. Yes true. Yeah.
2: Yeah, true. A lot of so, people just were there who had one it Yeah,
1: was, yeah well. So they're not on the You know yeah. on top yeah. form so. It's hard
0: yeah. to make people laugh When they just had their dreams crushed You know Exactly That's, that's like mean, a really hard thing to where do Where do you go from there? So uh But it was just So I was just there like Looking at him And I could also I could see his face <laughs> Yeah so like you know,
2: Is that some sort of like slur?
3: No <laughs> it's Well kind of genuinely.
0: Because it was a th- I could see him And I was just When everything's going to shit And I <laughs> yeah. could just look at him And he's just sitting there like This is going exactly how you think it's going Oh my god um, <laughs> Is
1: that what you were doing but
0: with your pr- face? Yeah Pretty no, much No like encouraging No no like no, no, that no, 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 no. I thought my best friends are for <laughs> yeah, Come no, on We, we don't, that. We don't we do that, that around yeah. here That's we, so funny that. Someone's falling We yeah, take the raft away. But but all of this is to say that after the show, it was not the best, and uh, and you came up to me specifically, yeah. and I didn't know you, yeah. and you were like. I know the crowd was awful but you were hilarious you were and that so was funny and that really I, <laughs> oh, I needed that in that I moment know. every now and then you have a bad gig and I was like this is the worst thing in the oh, world and you came up to me and it was so sweet and then obviously oh, we got talking um, yeah. and, uh, and I found out about all the amazing things you do and here you are but oh. that was a really really nice moment oh, a nice no way worries. to meet someone of
1: course yeah absolutely you were really funny actually and I was having a great night anyway so it was all that's amazing okay, <laughs> people were got... liking the collagen so I was yeah. Really happy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well
0: we've got the clips you said I'm really funny so we can just cut it there pretty much um, so, Vinita, for anyone that doesn't know you, um, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of
1: course. So um, I'm a skincare doctor. I specialize in skin of color. Uh, and so when I first started, I did uh, completed my medical degree and then I became a cosmetic formulator. And what I learned was the vast majority of skincare was made for Caucasian skin. And it really comes down to representation. So who's in the decision making seat? And often we actually really didn't have any cosmetic formulators with skin of color who had done clinical trials on skin of color. And I had to do this for my clinic anyway. But then COVID hit and I'd had four uh, clinics around the country and I, it was a second lockdown and we were hemorrhaging money. And I remember thinking, we have to make a decision, um, but we have limited information. We don't know if we're gonna have a third, fourth, fifth lockdown, we really you know, didn't know anything. And we were paying for staff as well because they didn't get furlough. Mm. So this is all coming out of our savings. But at the same time, I had my own laboratory Um, And I was starting on social media a couple of years ago, but, you know, very, very small numbers. So I thought, is it possible for me to become quite big on social media and to use my laboratory to create products that we can sell globally and use the information that I'm learning from researching all the other brands to see where the gaps in the market are for skin of color? And so that's basically what we did. Mm. Um I within two years we hit two and a half million followers. Wow. Um it just grew very rapidly. Yeah. Um I got the book deal with HarperCollins, um, and then our products we launched thirty five products in a year and a half, which wow. Usually you launch two products yeah, a year, yeah, yeah. so it was just uh, you know you you kill yourself to mm-hmm. achieve what you need to achieve in yeah. very limited time frame. That's basically what I did, and I was just very grateful that actually it was well received. Yeah. Um, the gap was huge in the right. market actually, because for example, if you're going to create an anti-aging cream for someone with Caucasian skin, they're going to need complete different ingredients to an anti-aging cream for someone with, with skin of color.
0: It's that different. That's it's crazy. that yeah, different. You yeah. Wow. So
1: I'll tell you the difference. For for uh, Caucasian skin, uh, wrinkles are your number one concern. Right, That happens first. For skin of color, our number one concern is hyperpigmentation and dull skin. That happens before the wrinkles.
3: Wow.
0: Uh, okay. never, I've never yeah, thought about like that. Thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So when you create an anti-aging cream, it's, it's not just one size fits everybody. Um, and five-sevenths of the world's population have skin of color. Mm and that's part of the reason we grew so rapidly um, and now we have a lot of cosmetic formulators who follow follow me and will mm. learn and improve their own formulas for some of the biggest um, yeah. biggest skincare companies down the world so Touch wood, I think it's all, you know, come together really mm. nicely. But at the at the beginning, we didn't know if it was if anyone no, even course. cared yeah, about what I was teaching. No, of so.
2: Why do you think no one had done that before, the, the skin of colour
3: specifically?
1: It, it, you, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you have to have skin of colour yourself to know what the problem is. Uh, number two, you have, to, um, have, you have to really have the pockets to be able to fund this. Because mm. even if you know what the problem is, even if you have the education and you are the cosmetic formulator often you don't have the money in order to put 200, 300 grand behind an idea like that. Um, and that's that was just our initial starting point. Plus, I had my own laboratory. So I was set to do this, if mm. that makes sense. And it was still
0: expensive. And, and even then, it was yeah. quite
1: expensive. That was also coming from my savings, which was, you know, a quite difficult time when everyone yeah. was struggling. So um, it, I'm just lucky, touch with that it, it all worked out. But easily, I could mm. have failed and, you know... I don't even know where i'd be at this point <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What, I'm,
0: so what i'm curious about is when you were when you when you completed your medical degree and you're already in that field yeah. uh what made you want to make the move to become a figure in social media and become a public thing because a lot of doctors i mean i can't yeah. name five doctors off the top of my head probably yeah so what made you want to make that move
1: actually it was uh someone who was working for me at the time noreen and she said doc you've got to be on social media and at this time so imagine facebook came out after i got married so i got married at 25 Facebook came out after that, so I'm 40 this year. And I didn't grow up with social media. I was thinking, hold on, am I too old for this? You know, there were all these beautiful young girls on social media in their bikinis. Like, what why do they want to see me in my lab coat teaching about niacinamide? Who wants to see that? <laughs> niacinamide um, where it's at. Yeah. You, nothing gets <laughs> me going. <laughs> yeah.
0: As a red blooded male, nothing gets me going like niacinamide. That's so
1: funny. Yeah. This is new, though, right? Two years ago, no one even knew what that word was. Yeah. But now we all know. So I think lockdown happened and everyone really got into their skincare and people really wanted the education. So actually it was Noreen who first started me and gave me the confidence to just make the first few videos. Um, but then lockdown hit and I didn't have a choice. And basically we we I had to get onto YouTube and we made five videos a week on YouTube. Wow! wow. Yeah, and those had to be long form. And so I was, I had, plus I was on TikTok and Instagram. So I was working on everything, releasing content daily and in the comment section of everything. Mm. So for a year and a half, I don't even think my kids saw me that much because I was just you know trying to build our online presence in order to mm. survive covid really
0: yeah i think people really underestimate the like the content game yeah like putting out on all platforms there's a it's a lot of work absolutely and five long form videos a week i'm guessing were you scripting those videos uh, yep scripting them i mean filming that's them. mental yeah it has so much work. that's so impressive and then also doing yeah. the socials alongside yeah. it yeah
1: Editing, I think, is the biggest thing. So YouTube, Touchwood, I had um, outsourced the editing, but Instagram and and Reels, I edited everything myself. Mm. And so one Reel that looks like a, you know, one minute Reel would have taken me three hours to edit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just
0: just for reference, Barney, our producer, just giving a very knowing look (laughs) (laughs) off the camera because, yeah, that that does take up a lot of it um so obviously you built up an audience how long did it take you to kind of build because i think that's also in terms of building an audience that's a really big thing too because getting you know from zero to 10k i think is probably in many ways harder than getting from 10 to 50 yeah i think that's where most people struggle how did you initially take that take care of that
1: um, I think the first you're completely right I think the first 10k are the hardest um, and I just think it's consistency I think people think oh, if I just post one a week you're not really going to grow for now for example YouTube I do one video a week at this point and I'm growing the same as when I was doing five videos a week at mm. the beginning it's almost like you need the maximum amount of effort at the beginning mm. do you know when you're going to have a rocket launch the majority of your fuel is used in the first five seconds yep. it's the same thing here you need everything in for the first six months i'd say um really kill cool yourself for six months to a year um and then and then you'll be flying mm. at that point
2: and do you think it makes a huge difference if you're posting five times a week versus once a week consistently for that first six month period i would or... say yes i'd okay.
1: say and you need to be in the comment section yeah. and you need to be in everyone else's comment section and you need to be doing collaborations you just need to be doing it all at the beginning um, and it also sets you up for good habits later so even now um what you find is your followers, so some of my followers started uh, were, for example, I did uh, BBC Radio One yesterday. So the follow the presenters were my followers. and so then you get onto more channels. Mm. And so it just you just it just s- snowballs. Um, and then you get these incredible opportunities that you would never have had otherwise if you're cold calling almost so there are lots and lots of benefits to having a following it's not just even just selling product Mm. it's getting awareness out you might have read a book and thought you know what everybody needs to know this information this is going to help so many parents from my perspective Um, and so that's just another way of doing it so it's uh, I would say having a following and having a tribe um, that you're all in trying to improve each other's lives is value added to everybody
2: mm. so value add is a key thing that you think you really need to be focusing in on
1: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and find your niche so you don't want to be doing the same things as other people you need to find out what makes you special so a lot of i know a lot of followers will watch my content and then rehash my content mm. but it's, it's never going to hit the numbers that they want it sure. to hit because you need to have your own organic niche something that you're passionate about that you you can infuse your own dna into
3: mm.
1: so that's the other thing i'd say is be a little bit um on the cusp and maybe bring in different two different disciplines together to create your own niche
3: mm-hmm.
2: No, no. Go on. I was going to say if someone's not in a field that they're passionate about already what would be your advice to someone that's trying to find what that passion is exactly?
1: Mm. I'd say skill stack so skill previously in our generation we would say you know do just medicine or do just one degree and that will basically carry you for the rest of your life in this day and age that does not work Mm. so i say to my daughter who's 10 years old if you want to do medicine you also have to do other things maybe coding maybe horse riding Mm. maybe photography maybe other other things that you can then combine then find your venn diagram find these sweet spot the area that Mm. nobody else can can um add value in and see if there's a blue ocean there for you that's how I would do it. Don't just do what everybody else is doing and one skill is not enough. We need to have multiple skills. Continuous learning is mm, essential. Absolutely what I'm no, I, couldn't, I couldn't
2: agree more and yeah. that's such an interesting way to do it as well and i haven't heard yeah. that before but it's just in a way kind of so obvious when you say it well that reminds oh. me of something
0: called ikigai i don't know if you have you heard of ikigai no it's a japanese philosophy which is fairly similar it's it's about finding your passion and i don't okay. want to butcher it but i think the again the idea is you find what you enjoy and you find what can make money and then you find um i come with the third pieces but you basically put them together and it's the same kind of thing the I think venn diagram. A, yeah the venn yeah. diagram i think it's a really interesting way of looking at it because you, because you are right, there is like a, a more and more of a need for individuality and separating, mm. especially with, with things like AI coming. 100%. If you're just another a sort of stock person 100%. in industry.
1: I think a lot of the degrees we're looking at now are going to be obsolete. A lot of the professions we're looking at right now are going to be obsolete. I and I don't think parents are aware of this. And so we're almost pushing... The agenda on our children that mm. was pushed on us which yeah, was these are the top degrees that you can do and then you'll be set for life yeah. and it's just not the case yeah. i even think the way doctors function now is going to be quite different to really 10 years from now yeah i think, what, lo- I, think I was think yeah. i think a
0: lot of people when you think about ai replacing jobs you think lawyers accountants estate agents you don't think doctors
1: I th- i'm sure there's gonna be a way because a lot of medicine is is l- rote Right. A lot of medicine is learning. And um, once they've figured out how to do a physical examination, I take a history, it's, you know, they might basically have like one doctor almost supervising 50 consultations happening. Right. You know, Amazing. something, it'll be, it'll look different to the way it is right now yeah. because we don't have the labor. We have fewer and fewer doctors. Yeah. And so we're going to have to innovate. Um, I, 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 that's my gut. This is not, you know, mm. in stone, but this is what mm. I think is going to happen. And that's part of what we need to do is predict how ai is gonna affect us all because Mm. otherwise it's going to catch you off guard and those ones who haven't thought about it might find themselves in a difficult situation
2: what um what sectors do you think are going to be least affected by AI, or at least the i suppose the the longest to survive an ai's revolution should we say
1: you know it's odd we used to think creativity Mm. the creative sector was going to be the one that was going to be hit last but now i'm seeing ai in the creative sector too
0: yeah I saw an AI thing on Instagram the other day. I feel like that's all I see now. The algorithm clearly knows yeah. I'm looking at that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we just <were> sending like- <laughs> me that stuff. But it was, uh, and I, I showed it to, to him as well. It was like this thing where it was like, it, it made a, a bunch of different things in the style of a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, wow. And so it made like a Nike product shoe. It made like a character from a movie. It made, and it showed all the different verticals of media wow. in the style of Wes Anderson. And it was like, it was so real. Oh my goodness! And I was like, "Yeah, okay." So this means like graphic designers, they're coming for you too, and mm-hmm. then, and modeling as well. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes, AI models. AI I've I've seen models. Yeah, Our yeah. friend sent us an a yeah. thing with an issue. He was like, he was like, he, he kind of tricked me. He was like, "Look how hot this girl is." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, she's beautiful." And he was like, yeah. "Yep, AI." And he was like, "My friend uses that for his company. He doesn't have to pay models anymore because he can save so much on cost because he oh can just, my goodness. He can create an AI mm-hmm. to look how he needs it to look." and like, it can
1: say what it wants and you know yeah well this well that was a still
0: image want. but yeah in terms of video yeah. I think they're getting there but yeah. it, for for still image for kind of product images yeah. and for social media images mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. he was like I don't. he said his friend who has this fashion company and yeah. he was like I don't need to pay models anymore because I have I can just literally yeah. I can pay a model thousands and thousands yeah. of pounds or I can go on an AI and be like I want a girl that looks like this yeah. Yeah. this is what the product looks like and it's free I agree I Scary. think personal it's terrifying brand is going to I agree personal that's why
1: brand. personal brand is so important now because as great as egg I can be they will. It will basically only replicate what's already there. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: We need human connection. That's so. That's one of our core human needs. So that's something that also happens with having a following is that you have yeah. a human connection. You can instill your values yeah. and promote your values um, and teach as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we can do to sort of protect ourselves from the AI bubble. But you're absolutely right. I don't. E- we d- we don't even know how this thing is going to evolve. Mm.
3: Yeah. And.
1: You may stop creating its own personalities and actually yeah. have its own personal brand who knows yeah you
2: know? that's terrifying in of itself that thought is terrifying I um, yeah I l- yeah go on now i was going to say actually i wanted to to touch on the product lines that you yes. launched. so 35 products yeah. is a lot yeah <laughs> products in, 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 in how long in 18 and months and half, 18 yeah months. I mean, that's yeah that's that is a okay. huge amount of upfront work yeah. so can you just talk us through a some of the products that you launched yeah. like, the the sort of work you did to yeah. go into that how you launched it and
3: Um, So those
1: are 35 that passed, right? So I I have another 20 (laughs) that failed. Yeah, so each product is expensive to do the R&D in the first place. Uh, So the way it works, so in Zincable, my uh, sunscreen, I created the world's first uh, mineral sunscreen that that had no white cast on skin of color. That was extremely difficult to do because imagine you're working with 18% zinc oxide. That's a metal oxide that almost looks like chalk. So you've got 20%, say, chalk in a solution and you need to make it invisible somehow on skin right. of color that was yeah. extremely difficult um and then to get that at pa4 plus so maximum uva protection as well was was very difficult so that process took a year and a half just for in zincable and i started that product first because i knew that, that had the greatest need but was also going to have the longest uh, mm. time for us to to pass that one the other was, the other products are much easier because um Generally, if you're doing a cosmetic formula, whether it's a, say it's a moisturizer, we created an acne range, for example, it was a system, it was your wash, your salicylic acid wash, your AM gel, PM gel, um, and your leave-on exfoliator. Each of those products will take you for me I'm in the lab it'll take me two days to make it that's quite easy then I send it off for stability testing microbiology that takes a good three months and then usually we have about two to three month lead time on packaging and ingredients so usually I try and overlap the two Mm -hmm. because say one month in I find um, that we're actually passing we may not have passed yet but I will go and buy the ingredients because I know that there's going to be a three month lead time there and packaging too so that the following month once I have passed I can go straight to manufacturing so that's how I've managed to cut down the time okay. plus there's no middleman so for me I can literally when I make a product I don't just make it in my head I will go to my followers and say hey do you guys want an eye cream right what in, what are your key pro- um, key issues and I'll poll it then I'll say right these are key ingredients that we need how many mils do you want what kind of packaging do you want and I will show them different options they will come back to me so I'm using economics right from the beginning mm-hmm. So that by the time we come to to selling, we've already got thousands of people signed up because they've Mm -hmm. already helped me create the product. Mm -hmm. It's not some new cold venture. They've been part of the entire process. And they're
0: invested in it personally. They're invested in it, yeah.
1: And so I do that for every single product, my hair range, my um, anti-aging range. So every single product we've done together as a collaboration.
2: Wow. And where are you getting those those kind of customers from? Of uh,
1: so just our followers. Just followers. Literally okay. followers. But, and so you're educating. Yeah. So say, for example, I'm going to teach you about eye creams.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm going to tell you all the products that are on the market at the moment. I'm going to tell you the best ones and the worst ones. And I'm non-sponsored. So I don't accept money from anybody. And so you know everything I'm teaching you is coming from data. Authentic. That's a really big yeah. thing. That is a big
0: thing. Especially, is, yeah. with, especially with Instagram, when yeah. you see a lot of, you know, clothing brands and skincare brands and haircare brands. you know and because that is a very popular way to market for the beauty industry yeah every time an influencer talks about a hair brand or a skin brand I'm like yeah okay
1: how do you feel about it you know when you see ad or sponsor do you just go do you just think oh they probably still like it but they're getting paid for it or are you thinking they're getting paid for it and I don't believe it
2: me personally it's the latter. Really? I just honestly I just scroll straight past it. Because I, I just I know I know the story behind behind yeah. that connection. At least I assume Yeah, the, the story, assumption is there. The assumption is there
0: behind that story that it's just not authentic. Yeah. I would What's, say I actually disagree. Yeah. I think it depends. I think if I see someone like Kim Kardashian doing it, I believe it less. Yeah. Because I know that the paycheck she got is
1: fat. Millions.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I see like a micro a micro influencer or a smaller influencer and I and I and I also, I think it depends on what the brand is because I think initially I used to, I was like him, I didn't believe anything. But then when as we grew and we got our first sponsor, we were thinking about sponsorship and we were talking to people and we really wanted these guys specifically right. because we had a good relationship with them. Yeah. And I think that turned me to the point where I was like, actually there are, and we talk about it all the time. There are so many mm-hmm. products where we're like, we would love to be sponsored by mm-hmm. them as well. We would love to work with these guys. We would love yeah. to promote that product. And so I'm thinking about if someone saw us promoting something
3: mm.
0: what would they think and i know that that is real so yeah. therefore i must have some faith in other people that theirs yeah. is real if that makes it's
1: sense. it's hard isn't it because if you're the influencer and I, I totally understand why people take sponsorship because it's it takes time mm. to put content together it's expensive mm. to put content together yeah. so people sometimes don't know that from when you're the follower so i understand that that logistically you know people are going to need sponsorship so it then becomes really hard for the influencer to convince the follower that this is something that they genuinely love mm. and have probably purchased in the past, and now they're being sponsored by um, this company, mm. so I can understand. I, I do have empathy for those influencers as well because it's a really difficult situation you're in.
2: It's a difficult balance. Really mm. difficult yeah, balance.
1: Is. I'm just grateful. I think for me, because um, we've got the company where we're making product um, money on product, I don't need the sponsorship on this side, but I have been given blank checks basically by every major mm. skincare company and to say no to that mm. was it did make me think am i is there something wrong with me because yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> no I was, one else is saying no yeah, yeah. Yeah. well i also
0: think it, it depends on if i think there's going to be an in, uh, an interest on behalf of the sponsor that's going to affect the quality of what you're doing yeah you know if you see a company like pepsi sponsor something yeah. especially an influencer or a creator or a podcast or something yeah. The content of that podcast is 99% probably not going to come out how the creator would have wanted it because if it's Pepsi or whoever, I don't want to, you know, get sued or anything. But if it's Pepsi or whoever, if they make an an edgy joke or they make a bad comment or they ask the wrong question, Pepsi or whoever will be like, hey, yeah, you're not having that in the episode. And they'll be like, well, it's our podcast. And I'll be like, yeah, well, we're paying you 400 grand an episode. So that's not going in. And obviously the creator needs the money. So the creator could be like, well, we have to listen to them. So right. I think it depends on the corporate relationship as well. And same thing with skincare. If you you know, if yeah. someone's promoting a skincare product that's not theirs, they're they're limited to what they can say about skin. Mm. Yeah. Because if you're a skincare expert, which obviously you are, yeah. if you're working with another skincare brand if you didn't have your own, if I ask you something yeah. I and you say that, I don't know if you're really saying that because you exactly. believe that or because you kinda have to say exactly. that. Exactly. It's like um uh not accountants um, what am I thinking financial analysts and things like that when you go to a financial advisor yeah. and they can partner with brokers and they yeah. can partner with brokers that yeah. recommend specific funds yeah. and that's legal yeah. and I've always found that yeah. mind-blowing that yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a thing and people have no idea that if you go to a financial advisor and they recommend a certain fund yeah. they can be partnered with that fund and incentivized and commissioned based I didn't know mm-hmm.
1: that I thought they had a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that
0: I think they do but I think it's a very grey area
3: oh uh, really yeah
0: so there are there is like there is very much the possibility that funds that are recommended i don't wow. want to speak i mean i'm not an expert in this yeah. field but okay. from what i've heard there is very much a real possibility so it's just basically if you've got an mean. ulterior motive yeah
1: and there's something else and i think humans generally we are a bit suspicious anyway yeah. and we do make assumptions and we do have shortcut thinking so we do need to be aware of that as the influencer ourselves mm. um, even for me so i just did a male skincare clinic i had um, six men come down they were all celebrities and their own rights but they came down just from their own goodwill rather than being sponsored yeah. or being paid to come mm. and I think that just makes all the difference when people are just coming because they love the product or they love you then it just it mm. feels nicer from the brand's perspective yeah, I myself don't even want to pay someone to say that they love my product because even I'd be like yeah you know Doctor mm. V's the whole thing about me is that I'm non-sponsored so how can I now be Mm. sponsoring people to come and do my you know it doesn't feel right to yeah, me either and there's
0: only so long you can do that as well pardon is there's only so long you can do that isn't it
1: don't you think yeah. it feels very short term Yeah. so if you want long-term growth and long-term um love and loyalty that has to come from a i think a place of selflessness where you're sacrificing yourself definitely i think they know that i'm sacrificing paychecks and mm. that i think breeds love basically. Mm. It's that's...
2: taking the longer term view, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, will, it will
0: pay off because they'll buy into the, buy into your brand. Exactly. Yeah, I
1: didn't
2: yeah. I so didn't know thing. you were
0: taking that road. A lot of respect for you for that. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really. That's I do sometimes. Think, am I am I the only one mad out here? Like... <laughs> no, no, no. no.
2: no, no, no. no. I, feel yeah. this, I feel the same. I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, oh, a lot of people you. don't, and yeah. I think it's unusual that you do. Yeah, and it,
0: it clearly shows. Oh,
1: you know, thank when, you. when
0: people are looking at your brand.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So you've built the skincare brand. You've obviously got a big audience. How do you scale? Because that's a really, really hard thing. Do you know what?
1: You're completely right. My biggest problem right now, and I get a lot of flack for it, is that shipping times are ridiculous. Okay, so right now, imagine you're buying a moisturiser from me and you live in the US. It's taking 14 days for my moisturiser, 10 to 14 days for it to arrive to you. Wow. Because you're relying on DPD or, you know, Royal Mail or any of these couriers. They all take the same amount of time. And so we're now at a point where you think... You know, like I have to do better. And so, right now, we're talking to a distribution warehouse in the US where we can ship our product there and then they can ship locally within two days, a little bit like Amazon does. Mm. Um, and we, but that's a big thing because it sounds like a really easy thing. It's like, Dr. V, why don't you just do that? It's because every single product line has to go there in bulk and we are constantly selling out. So, even now yeah, touch word like our, our, our rate of growth doubles every three months oh, wow. and so we don't even know how much stock we're going to have six months from now yeah. and i have a six month lead time so it's almost now that i have to buy stock or you know buy enough yeah. ingredient for stock for the second batch if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah. that's without shipping to us or middle east or anywhere else mm. in bulk so it is something I need to do, but because it's all self funded, I don't take financing from anyone. We don't take loans and I don't owe anyone anything. I have no stakeholders. It's everything's done from my own pocket, which wow. means I have to be quite I have to be prudent Fisically and Fiscally responsible. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise you can be get into trouble no, really quite quickly. Easily. Definitely. I think I've seen that happen as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. People can go bankrupt um, by trying to grow too fast. Mm. So it's just getting that balance right of you know, making enough stock you know, that's going to sell within six months, not longer Mm. and not shorter. Um, And then once, I think within a year, hopefully I should have fulfillment centers in the biggest um, continents where we sell. But um, India is my other huge territory and India is a bit of a different category because they have a 60 to 70% duty customs. So imagine you buy a sunscreen mm-hmm. that costs you 25 pounds here. In India, it's costing you 40 pounds, 45 pounds. Oh, wow, okay. And if you sell on their biggest uh, e-commerce website, so I was selling on Nike, it's like our cult beauty. They also have a margin. So the products go up to 60 pounds and I was making two pounds at the end of it, Wow. which didn't even cover anything. Yeah, of course,
2: yeah, yeah. So it was
1: just didn't the maths didn't add up. Sure. So I had to pull everything off from India. But now we've got uh, something huge coming from India, but we have to manufacture in India okay. and distribute from India. That's the key yeah. for India is that you have to have it made there, so you're not paying customs.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but also, it's made for that environment that climate so yeah. that's a completely different thing that i'm working on that hopefully should come out this september okay um but yeah within the year i think i should have sorted out all my major logistical issues mm. but it's just happened so fast you're mm. literally learning on the job and it's of not course. like i've got anyone to learn from you have to figure it out yourself so were yeah. you
0: did, did you have the skincare line before the audience or did you have the audience first
1: no we had uh, so I, said, I had a very small audience I said I think about 50,000 okay. uh, on Instagram and nothing on YouTube and nothing on TikTok um, and that was just for the clinic so I was teaching about hyperpigmentation for the clinic there okay. then within because it was quite easy for me to make product um, within three months we'd launched the first product which is a lip pigmentation kit and that was a trial product I only made a thousand I just wanted to see was this thing going to work mm. um, you know or not like, really am I going to mm. bomb or not
0: how much did it cost you to put out that
1: the lip pigmentation yeah, kit yeah to make that one product um, it. so it's about a thousand units um, I don't know I don't know about ballpark about 60 grand 60 60 probably
2: yeah. and most um, of that went into R&D did it or was it up right? the, not up R&D
1: cost. that was just the product cost so product then the cost, R&D okay. is like another I think 20 grand on top right okay um, and then the testing is another ten. So all in. It's really. Yeah. I
0: mean, we had. We. It, it's crazy because you know, just on that, we had. Uh, do you know a Cash Meta from Fable in Maine? Yes. 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 Yeah. So we had him on, and we were asking him about the cost of starting a business. Okay. And he was saying, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to do it for less than like three hundred k. but yeah. It's crazy because when you say. I just wanted to launch one product just yeah, to test it. I only had a thousand. It, yeah. It's it's like, yeah, I'm just going to make a small batch of something yeah. and see if it works and product test it. And even that costs like 60 to 100K. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy. And
1: I own the lab. so <laughs> The lab itself. Yeah. I've got wow. to pay for rent okay. on the yeah, lab yeah, yeah, and course. all the ingredients. So usually when you buy, if you look at my product ingredient list, it's, I don't just do, you know, five ingredients in a product. Mine tend yeah. to have a good 30 to 40 ingredients in a product. Mm. And each one yeah. you have to buy 50 kg barrels. Wow. Yeah, I'm really okay. That's like human size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a small human. Yeah, um, yeah. Do so, you, okay. yeah.
0: Do you think? Uh, sorry, no. Can you? you going to ask yeah. the question first in terms of the uh, in terms of launching the first. Line oh yeah. So then, so, so we
1: launched that, and I couldn't believe we sold out of that product mm. because lip pigmentation, no one has ever looked at, treated, no one's ever talked about it, and I just thought, is this even something that you know? There's a huge need for. I've been asked about it, but being asked about it and someone actually buying a product that's 100 pounds are two very different mm. things. Yeah. So when people started buying it, and we started selling out. I realized, hold on, I think I think we, there's something here. I think we can actually grow quite big. And this is just lip hyperpigmentation. What about all the other issues that we have? What about stretch marks, you know, from, you know, etc. cetera. So mm. um, this is this this is the economics of, of of the cosmetics world. The vast majority of products are being sold in your local drugstore, whether it's Walgreens, Boots or wherever you are in the world those pro- those companies take 30 to 50% margin of your product. And you have to be able to manufacture and have enough fat in the system to be able to reorder the second and third batch. Otherwise, you'll go bankrupt. So knowing that, and say you're selling a product at five pounds, that means they've t- already taken two pounds away. Mm. Your VAT is gone. That's also another pound. And now you're left with two pounds. Now, in that two pounds, you're going to have to ha- create packaging so my packaging costs about a pound per dollar and then your uh the ingredient that you're filling it with now because i'm using expensive ingredients the ingredients itself are five Mm. pounds you wouldn't be able to sell it let alone manufacture it so if whatever you're buying in boots just as a matter of maths the ingredients have to have to come up to less than 50 pence
2: so the model wow. so the model must be then just direct to consumer Di- that's, that's, it, that's, is, that, it is that's, it ha- yeah, that's has to, to be yeah. because that's the only way you can it actually... is but
1: the other thing to know is the product you're buying in your local drugstore are cheap mm. product meaning not just you're buying it and it's cheap
0: that's just blowing my mind the ingredients yeah, yeah, yeah. being put in there I no matter what, yeah, what yeah. the claims are because by definition it has, it to, has to be exactly. that exactly yeah
1: and that's what people don't understand wow and so that what what I realised was, that's hold on, so these nuts. are all really yeah. cheap, cheap, cheap products with lots of claims. Yeah. But actually, what I realised is they're not using ingredients in the therapeutic index. Their cosmetic law, cosmetic regulation is very lax. You can, for example, put 0.0001% retinol and say this is a retinol cream.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Okay. I saw and that. I saw, I saw the video you did on the yeah. retinol creams. I, yeah. I watched that same thing. yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. So I didn't think, people didn't realize this because mm. there's a curtain on the cosmetic yeah. world and no one's going to expose it. Yeah, of course. And so when I started exposing product after product after product, yeah. then people started to understand. And then they went, hold on. So actually, Dr. V, can you make us a product? We, these are the percentages we want. These are the ingredients that we want and put them together. And so I started making tyrosinase inhibitor kits with 10 tyrosinase inhibitors. Mm. That doesn't make any logical sense. The reason is you can only remember three. So if you're in Boots, you'd be like, oh, this is a retinol creep. I can remember one ingredient. You would never remember 10 ingredients. So mm. why would you put 10 ingredients in when it's financially not viable mm. and people aren't going to remember it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why that model didn't work for me. It's because I had to create a whole new world where people can learn, they can educate themselves and they can buy d to c mm. so there's no middleman yeah there i don't need to give an extra 30 mm-hmm. percent margin mm-hmm. to anybody so imagine for me you're buying a retinaldehyde retinol uh, serum which doesn't even exist on the market you can't actually buy it anywhere else because there's such in- expensive ingredients mm. to combine together um, at a reasonable price that it, w- it just wouldn't be viable on any shelf and that's the vast majority of skincare
0: mm. you Indeed. you win by default that's mad yeah hey guys i just wanted to take a second to talk about our sponsor for this episode furniture box furniture box is an online furniture retailer that makes awesome products for everywhere from your bedroom to your office now we actually had monty and dan the co-founders on our show that's how we met we loved their story and we hung out with them afterwards and we knew that we wanted to work with them and here's the thing one of the biggest issues i have whenever i've ordered furniture in the past is that certain big name furniture companies not naming any names will charge you a fairly large fee for delivery and even then that delivery usually takes a few days if not longer with furniture box not only do they offer free next day delivery but they're now planning on extending their delivery cut off even more so that you can literally order a dining set as late as 8 p.m and be eating dinner on it the next day so to put it simply there's no one in the uk furniture scene that's doing anything like what they're doing and we're thrilled to have them as our sponsor so click the link in the show notes and check them out now back to the episode are you gonna make any any products for white guys
1: do you know what I'm being asked at the moment? Um, I have uh, do you know, what? I maybe one day, but there's so much I want to totally conquer the skin of color. I was about to say, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. your
0: niche. Do you plan on because I was going to ask about expansion anyway? Do you plan on being the woman for skin of color? 100%. There's something
1: yeah. else I'm working on at the moment which is very exciting, and uh, I might little. as well talk about it. I was today. gonna say a little bit. <laughs> <little. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm working on so I always look at my own life and think, what do I want created? So, I create. Uh, I'm looking at my daughter, I'm thinking she's 10 years old and in a few years she's gonna start getting acne. And most moms are gonna, most children are gonna say, mommy, I wanna wear foundation to cover my acne, but the foundation's making the acne worse. So I thought, how can we, if this was my daughter, what would I wanna create? And it would be foundations that were actually skincare. So I would create foundations that are antimicrobial, with niacinamide, with your vitamin A in it, with your tyrosinase inhibitors in it, that were anti-inflammatory, that treated the acne and covered the acne.
0: Is that even possible yeah
1: so i because i'm familiar yeah, with that exactly circle of yeah exactly it's so no one's ever done it okay. and so we just did our first sample uh, last week and i love it mm. uh, i'm wearing the foundation at the moment actually but it's just you're beaming you really, <laughs> you really believe,
0: i love that you really believe in what you're doing
1: yeah oh i'm so happy um, what i'm struggling with honestly is how do i get the right number of shades. So I look at Fenty, for example, and they've got 50 shades and I can't afford to do 50 mm. shades, you know? I must, I'm literally self-funded, so how do I do this? And I'm thinking maybe we create a palette where you have a lighter shade and a darker shade and you can mix it to your shade. But again, this is a whole new world for me and right. I don't know how easy that's gonna be for people to do. So mm. again, I'm gonna do that in collaboration with my followers and say, hey guys, is this easy? Is this difficult? How do we do it so that, you know, we am only making 10 shades, mm. but covers everybody rather than 50 shades because I'm not you know Giorgio Armani well that's
0: the other thing because obviously again I think people don't necessarily comprehend the fact that when you've got a big audience you have the beauty of you get to ask them so you can literally not only do you have a built-in audience to sell to but you have a built-in audience to tailor your product 100% that's like that's a huge thing what you were saying about for example someone like Fenty who also has a a foundation line because of what you're trying to do does that mean that it's probably also cheaper to produce other foundations because they're just makeup, whereas of your makeup and skincare so oh, yeah, is your of product more expensive? F-
1: for me, everything is more make. expensive. Yeah, like for example, alpha arbutin uh, costs you a thousand pounds per kg, and so you're putting in two percent. That's quite a lot, you know, um, and that's just one of my ingredients so absolutely my products are a lot more expensive to make but the only reason i can make it affordable is because there is no 30 percent margin going to anyone else if there was mm. my products would have to be double the price yeah right with you in order to because then also you have to make sure the, the shelves are continuously stocked
3: mm. otherwise
1: you get penalized right now if i've run out of product it's not the end of the world it's not great but it's not the end of the world because we have an email list and then as soon as it's back in you know the email list goes out and everyone buys immediately. So we don't have that lag. Um, mm. So that definitely does help.
2: Do? Um, I wanted to ask, I mean, mm. you've obviously got a degree of authenticity when you started given your obviously medical yeah. degree or medical career prior what would be your advice to someone who maybe wants to start a beauty a beauty line or skin care line or hair care mm. line whatever it might be um, who doesn't necessarily have that background or has the access to laboratories and that sort of inside knowledge we say mm, yeah. um, but perhaps wants to launch something that they where they see a gap in the market
1: yeah I think anyone can do anything so I'm all about growth mindset There's even if you've come from you know being a pilot and you've decided you don't know, want to create a sunscreen for pilots you know you can use your background to to do anything you want in skincare. What I would do is, number one, look for a niche. Don't create another Me Too product. It's not going to do well because now you're working on pennies and you're probably going to go bankrupt. You're going to lose everything. And it really is soul crushing when a business fails because it's not just money, it's your time. Mm. It's your valuable time that you can never get back again. So really make sure you've got something that doesn't exist if it exists, don't do it. And I say that myself. If something exists, I, I, I won't make it. And I'll say, hey, guys, go and buy X, Y, and Z. It's excellent. And I buy it for myself or I buy it for my kids. Mm. Uh, so that's the first thing I'd say. Second thing I'd say is you can hire a cosmetic formulator to make what you want. And just have a look at their past work um, and make sure you like it. Because there are a lot of not very good cosmetic formulators uh, out there. Third thing i'd say is watch my videos because i t- basically teach you all the cosmetic formulators are watching my videos and learning and then improving their own formulas so you know it's free information i would definitely watch those videos on youtube mm. um and then after that i would say build a following that's absolutely key it's nowadays you know it's not in. It's hard to be anonymous and have a brand. So I've had yeah. a lot of people come up to me and say, look, Finita, I don't feel comfortable putting my face on camera. And I don't, you know, how can I do it without putting my face on camera? And I don't know really how you do that now because it's extremely expensive. I remember when I first started, I felt the same way. Mm. And I looked at influencers and they were charging 5,000 pounds for a story. And I just thought, I don't mm. have 5,000 pounds mm. for a story. I'm going to have to figure this thing out myself. So unless you've got extremely deep pockets even then i think people need that connection mm, they need definitely. to yeah. trust yeah. you they need to believe you like how many how many airbrushed you know pictures have you seen of mm. ads and you just think oh yeah yeah i don't even register don't it don't no. even register you see like it. a
0: massive designer ad with a with yeah somebody, it's just it d- doesn't even register I
1: totally yeah. agree with you like even billboards now they just yeah. don't work yeah whereas before that's all we had mm. and so i I would say if you're not feeling comfortable about going on camera, I would really think about if this is business is going to work for you because it's extremely hard. It, it might work, and you might have deep pockets, and you might be able to pay lots of influencers to talk about your products, but most of us don't.
2: Do you not think that's an argument for most for most businesses, though, if you're scared to get on camera, that actually there's a question as to whether or not you should be going into it? I think in this age, probably, yeah. I would say so. Yeah,
1: it's a, it feels so unfair, though, because
2: i agree not everyone f- yeah
1: it does feel, my husband doesn't feel comfortable on camera at all he's not on social media but I've, i'd feel awful to say you know you can't start a business um i just think it's much easier to start a business if you have if you do if you can become confident mm. on camera for example i was terrible at public speaking growing up i was i had a really horrible experience at 14 uh i remember i oh, I might as well go into it now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Another TTF <TGM> exclusive. <laughs> Another awful
1: time. Um, yeah, I was on stage and uh, we were doing uh, debating. And I was debating the head girl on, do blondes get more attention than brunettes? And I'd never debated before. I had no idea about strategy. Mm. And she annihilated me. Okay. And to the point that even I was voting for her. And I just remember when they he said, put your hands up, which one do you agree with? I was just 100% had voted for... Katie Metcalf (laughs) like zero hands for me and I just I remember dying in that moment in my skin and thinking I will never put myself in this situation again I will never be on stage I will never do this to myself and so for 10 years I didn't until I was 24 so 14 to 24 I refused to stand on stage plus I'm dyslexic so reading from you know reading out loud was also terrifying for me and then I went on this wonderful course uh, by Andy Harrington, who taught me about public speaking. And it was just a weekend course. and I realized, actually, I can do this. And yeah. actually, I really love this. And um, that's, you know, helped me come out my shelf. So often it's just having the growth mindset. It might be that something's happened to you when you're younger mm-hmm. and that put a mental block to make, make you think that you don't want to be on stage or put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And if you just maybe like learn read some books and go on some courses you might find yourself coming out of your shell Mm. so that's probably what I would say there
0: that's really good advice Uh, I wanted to ask because I know that my mum is watching okay and I know that she'll be thinking this is so amazing I'm so amazed to learn about all of this and the thing about the height I know how she'll react to the pharmacy thing she'll be like oh my god I can't believe everyone will be mind blown. yeah that's that that that, that. that's really like that's a cliff scary inside yeah Yeah. Yeah, but that's crazy I'm thinking I'm gonna be thinking about that for a long time but I know that she will be thinking right now well where can I get something because she's not a woman of color yes so she'll be thinking what can I do
1: yeah Okay, so what I would say is start with ingredients. So um, I'm going to talk about brands, which brands I love. Yeah, 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 whatever, yeah you okay. like, whatever you like. So The Ordinary... This is just for my mum. No okay, amazing. <laughs> the Ordinary and The Inkey List are both excellent brands. Okay. Um, and they're single active brands. The so Ordinary and The Inkey List. The Inkey List, yeah. Both okay. available from Boots. Um, and How do you spell the... Inkey List? I-N-K-E-Y. The, okay. It's the black and white bottles. Oh, Inkey
0: List, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, and even Boots' own range is very good. Not all of them. But uh, what I would do is find the key actives that you want. Um, CeraVe is a very good moisturizer. I use, I'd use Very good, yeah. And then the re- uh, retinol from, uh, which is a very good retinol. ROC is a very good retinol that's fragrance-free. What is a retinol exactly? Retinol, the retinol cream, vitamin, vitamin A. Vitamin which is good a, for right. wrinkles, hyperpigmentation. Um, and so I would just go, if you want to keep it cheap and cheerful, go with single actives. Uh, the The difficulty for skin of color is that single actives generally don't work for us because we need cocktail creams we need everything on the skin all at once to get the sort of effects that we want so the skin of color is a little bit different you can get away with with more with caucasian skin also you don't burn and get hyperpigmentation like we do so for us i always say one scratch one bite or one burn and we hyperpigment so we can't afford to burn our skins or irritate our skins or do chemical peels that are too deep for us Mm. uh, or do laser that can burn our skin there's so much we can't do that we were doing mm. that we weren't educated on and so you saw a lot of people of color with hyperpigmentation from burns
0: well that's the thing i think i think another i think about skincare that maybe is a bit daunting to me and probably to a lot of people is that it does feel like there are so many different products yeah and i've heard everything from i've, I've spent a lot of time with dermatologists because i had i had acne when i was a teenager okay. and i've been on accutane okay and i came off it about a year ago this no, skin's year great ago. thank you yeah. um it wasn't before it wasn't awful to be fair it was never i was quite lucky it was never like really really bad but it was bad and it was kind of bad when i was a teenager and then after that it was just like i would get occasional like red acne spots like around my head and my neck and it was painful and i didn't like it and yeah. i hated having pictures taken of myself yeah. and stuff like that um so i wanted to actually ask you um about accutane yeah. and what your thoughts are on it
1: it's uh it's excellent but it's it's last line so you would do everything over-the-counter first because there are side effects that happen with raracutane. Um It can affect your mental health. Uh, if you're of, of um, childbearing age as well, you have to be careful because it can lead to miscarriage. Um, and so there are downsides to it. Plus, you have to keep having blood tests uh, to make sure it's not affecting your liver. So there are is you know it's not for everybody but it's incredibly effective if nothing else is working especially if you have cystic acne if you have cystic acne and your skin of color is going to scar and so for us scarring is actually worse than the acne itself and so I actually say for children who are starting to get acne they need to be put on the right skincare from a young age and nowadays it's happening at 9 10 years old kids of 9 10 years old are starting to get acne mm. and Their parents are sort of ignoring it and hoping and thinking it's a teenage problem, and it's not. Nowadays, they're going through puberty younger, periods are starting younger, so you really want your kids on a great skincare routine from nine and okay. um, so that means salicylic acid washes it means niacinamide serums um or niacinamide moisturizer and spf-50 yeah and then they're not gonna every day right every day and yeah. then they're not gonna age as badly as well so this is the other thing a lot of us didn't wear sunscreen growing up but, yeah and i
0: think every i because when i had to get consulted about getting accutane my dermatologist was like you have to wear sunscreen yeah. every day." and an ex-girlfriend had told me that once and i was like what every i live in england yeah i'm not going times on, a not on the holiday yeah. yeah yeah and and then the, the dermatologist said it and i was like wow but when i tell people that they're like what you wear sunscreen are they in, still in, in December when you go out the house. So like, <laughs> yeah,
1: are they still confused about yeah, that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think a lot of I think a lot of people when you say sunscreen, they think I'm on the beach in Malia. Right. I don't think they think it's like February and it's dark and cold outside. Oh yeah. sort of wow! And okay. you actually put on some SPF 50. People yeah. really. If and I, to be fair, if I hadn't had acne yeah. and had to see a dermatologist, yeah. I wouldn't have probably known either.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought. You're in that world, but yeah, yeah people, yeah. people don't know that, I don't think. Goodness. I, I know that's a problem. Of, um, people with darker skin think that they don't need sunscreen. That is mm. another thing, yeah. I just did an article for Vogue the other day on this p- specific topic on sunscreen and darker skin. Darker skin has an SPF of seven that's very low. You know, you can't even buy SPF7 in a lotion. It's that low. So yes, we're slightly more protected than Caucasian skin, but we still get melasma, we still get skin cancer, and we still need to protect. Um, So 100%. If you don't want to age, there's no point you know, spending all this money on anti-aging creams and retinols if you haven't even done the basics, which is wear your sunscreen, Mm -hmm. you know? And really, like for your kids, make sure they're wearing it. So even my daughter today, I popped it in her bag. And, you know, she's a bit embarrassed walking over with, you know, my mommy's Dr. V and she's like, I've got Dr. V sunscreen in my bag. <laughs> I was like, yeah. own it, Sienna, yeah. own it. <laughs> um,
0: what do you say to the people who say, I don't use any products. My skin's actually really good. I don't think you need it. I think it's all like a big sales tactic. I actually think less is more. Um, and I know people that say that and they have annoyingly really fucking good skin, good skin yeah. and I hate that
1: yeah 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 it's because jeans yeah. so you can't fight your jeans a jeans. lot of us have great jeans touchwood and you know some teenagers never get acne and they just have wonderful jeans and actually for men in particular you don't get fine lines as quick as women women's skin changes earlier than for men. And this is why women start their anti-aging routine quicker than men. Men tend to have um, heavier musculature. You tend to get deeper expression lines that happen in this area um, and start to get um, almost sagging of the cheeks that happen just because of the the heaviness. That's the first signs for men and slight wrinkles around the eyes. For women, we get melasma quicker. We get fine lines around our faces quicker. Um, because our epidermis and dermis are slightly thinner. so And plus, on top of that, we're wearing makeup and we might be tugging our faces with removing makeup as well. Mm. So there are various reasons why women get into skincare quicker than men. But once men start noticing those changes on their face, then they, they they start to learn about skincare. Mm. This is why men tend to be more into hair care because of a receding hairline, which happens quicker than for women. And so women aren't even, you know- Yeah,
0: you don't even really think about women no. receding hairlines. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's not something, that, it is something we worry about. Thinning hair is something we worry about, but it tends to be when we're a little bit older, whereas men from their 20s are thinking about hairline and how to keep, you know, a good yeah. thick head of hair. So. Yeah.
0: So what, what would you say are the essential things? I mean, obviously for your range, mm. for people of color, if you're watching this and you're someone of color, you are now sorted for life, <laughs> you know what you're gonna buy. For someone like me, yeah. who's white, or yeah. like my mom, who's yeah. a white woman, yeah. what are the essential products? Okay. You know, because even if it's a good brand, yeah. they sell 50 products and yes. you can't, you know, you wouldn't leave the house. You'd yes. spend the whole day putting stuff on your yes, face. Yes, 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 yes. Are there essential things where it's like, if you do yes. this, this, and this, you'll yeah. be fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say, keep it simple. If your main thing is that you just want anti-aging and a hydrated skin, which is the majority of us, I would say wash with a micellar gel wash. Simple does a very good one. Then in the morning, I'd apply a fatty moisturizer with ceramides like uh, CeraVe is very good. And then your SPF 50. So that's it. Those are three steps in the morning sorted. So now you're pre- preventing any uh, pollution from getting into your pores. You're preventing UV radiation from leading to um, damage of collagen in the evening again try and keep it simple I would have your micellar gel wash again so you're just washing off all the sunscreen and stuff that you've had on during the day you saying micellar gel micellar gel micellar gel wash the reason is it's very hydrating it's not stripping Mm -hmm. foam sometimes you can feel a little bit squeaky clean which isn't great you want it to feel supple after
0: and that's from simple
1: Simple's really good yeah okay. then the second thing i would say um is your vitamin a so vitamin a is great so remember the retinol that we were talking mm-hmm. about for mm-hmm. is very good because it helps with any hyperpigmentation and fine lines can also help with milia which can happen with age as well so it helps lots of different things plus acne um, and what retinol so retinol i like uh which is a really great retinol. We're looking at 0.3% ideally. Uh, I really like Paula's Choice. So that's 0.3 to 0.5%. Paula's Choice. Paula's Choice. Paulist choice okay. Yeah, really good. Um and then follow again by your moisturizer. So even Cerave for example is very good. So these are all products you can buy from a local drugstore. They're all at the correct therapeutic index, um they're affordable, and if you just did that, you would have good results. Yeah. Your skin would would feel quite clear. Uh, once a week I'd probably just top add in a um, chemical exfoliator to the face if you want to get that extra glow Mm. and you want to remove any dead dull skin Uh, i really love lactic acid from the inky list or mandelic acid from the ordinary Mm. both again five to ten pounds and they will last you a year because you're literally using Mm. them once a week Mm.
0: It's great to have that as a formula. What would you say to the people um, who would say to the things you just said with the that you can get at a drugstore? Mm. They say, "But I thought a minute ago she said that everything from the drugstore is like cheap shit." And it's yeah, yeah, bad yeah. Ah, uh,
1: no, 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 no. So what I would say is, everything from the drugstore is going to be the actual cost of the ingredients are going to be fifty pence to a pound. But that's why they're single actives. Mm. So that's why you don't find cocktails. Right, you okay. would never find. 10 actives in one yeah. product in a right. drugstore it will never happen unless that product is you know 70 pounds which yeah. they're not going to do yeah. so yeah so single actives those are the the most punchy actives where you're going to get you know the best bang for your buck but they're not combinations
0: okay okay that's perfect yeah that's pretty yeah, it is yeah it is uh have you got anything else no. you to go through yeah. i mean that was pretty much it um acne very quickly i wanted to touch on that because i was really excited to talk to you about this yes absolutely what are your thoughts on what people can do for acne because i found that i did i did everything yeah i did fucking. what did you do tell me what you did dude i did i clearasil that no,
3: it's the worst. Yeah, I know.
0: And that was, but do you remember, I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, everyone this was, is Clearasil. Yeah, this yeah. was about like 14 years ago. Yeah. And everyone, Clearasil was the thing. They
1: were brilliant. The ads were fantastic. Right. Yeah.
0: And it was like, that was the name of skin. And it was like, yeah. everyone's like, if you've got acne, dude, Clearasil. I know. And it sucked. I know. Didn't work at all. I'm Did sorry, it make it Clearasil. Worse it didn't or work. Was it okay? I can't even remember if it made it work, okay. but it didn't work. Yeah. Um, I tried a bunch of other ones, and then at one point I had this. Um, I went to the doctor, and they referred me this. Like, um, a, it was like a a, um, a pill. Okay. And it was one in ten people. Uh, it was like it was meant to work really effectively, but one in ten people will have like an adverse reaction, have projectile vomiting.
1: Oh, what was that?
0: That was me. Oh no!
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: So I'm like, this will be the one. So I tried. I did duac. Okay. Yeah. That did do did well it? yeah it's quite good but yeah. then it's like you have to keep applying it yeah so did it
1: good did it stain your sheets uh oh i don't think it did okay
0: i so a long time ago it might have done okay um it's
1: benzoyl peroxide plus vitamin a that one so sometimes right. it might the well, benzoyl peroxide can stain a little well, bit. yeah
0: that was recommended to me in that uh by by, an, by a demo yeah. and i was like okay i'll try okay. that and that did really really yeah, well good. but then as soon as i stopped applying it, it came straight back it will yeah and i felt like it was like i feel and this is kind of the main point of my question is yeah. i feel like with acne it feels to me as someone who's had it that all roads lead to rome which is accutane it feels like i've tried everything yeah. but if you stop taking a pill or you stop putting a cream on or yeah. you stop eventually it will just come back and yeah. it feels like accutane is the only thing yeah that will fix it what how do you old think do you know about that? i'm 28
1: 28 yeah okay so honestly that's if... another
0: tgf exclusive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um honestly it's um You are right to an extent because the thing is, when you're a young male, you are producing androgens and that means that you're producing up to four times as much sebum even than a female. And so it gets worse during your teen years and your early 20s. And honestly, until that calms down, Is going to be a vicious cycle because you can keep it under control, but you're not going to completely eliminate it until your own hormones settle down. So what's happening now, the reason why accutane has been so effective is that your hormones have calmed down too. You're producing less sebum. Mm -hmm. A lot of people they can be on Accutane, you know, for many years and actually their their sebum levels haven't reduced. So, yes, absolutely you're right that it's good that you did try other things. But what I would say now, we are we have got better formulas now. So let me first explain why you get acne. Number one, we have increased sebum production, which tends to happen more in males and females, and it happens during puberty. The second thing are sticky skin cells. So we get something called hyperkeratinization, where basically if you think about the top of a pore, those skin cells stick together, right? Now you've you've covered that pore. So now you have an anaerobic environment, no oxygen in that pore. And in that pore then starts to um, proliferate is P. acnes. So the bacteria P. acnes. P. acnes is feeding on the sebum and producing triglycerides and fatty acids fatty acids are incredibly irritating. They are inflammation in a pore. Inflammation is now taking place and you've got red skin happening around and for skin of colour, you've got hyperpigmentation taking place because the inflammation is triggering the melanocyte, the cell-producing pigment. So now you're in a situation where, what do we do now? So number one, we want to use vitamin A to help with the sticky skin cells. Number two, you want to use niacinamide to help with the sebum control. Number three, you want to use benzyl peroxide, five percent to kill the bacteria. You want to poison the P. acne bacteria with oxygen. If you do those three things, you're you're in a good situation. And then the fourth one that's really gonna help is your salicylic acid, the fat soluble acid that penetrates into the pore and unclogs it to clears it out. Mm. So what your routine would look like would be a salicylic acid wash in the morning. So uh, the Inkey List does a good one. Um, And then followed by your salicylic acid leave-on exfoliator. Paula's Choice does a good one, and we do a good one with our trio Blemish range. Then your AM gel uh, moisturizer. So you wanna go for a light moisturizer, preferably with niacinamide in it. Um, And in the evening is the same routine. It's your salicylic acid wash, leave-on exfoliator, and then another gel moisturizer. Now, the reason why I had to create an AM gel and a PM gel for acne and skin of color is because during the day, you want your niacinamide, you want your uh, green tea extract, you want your anti-inflammatories and antibacterials, but at nighttime is when you want to treat the red marks and the brown marks as well. Mm. So that's when we load with retinol, tyrosinase inhibitors, all happen at nighttime in the PM gel. So with skin of colour we don't just get the acne we get the red marks and brown marks yeah. too mm. so that's why the trio Bremish range I had to create a four piece kit which treated all, everything the acne and all the marks that happen with it wow
0: mm. that was mm-hmm. so comprehensive is acne hereditary and, at all uh, by
1: yeah, yeah so jeans Can skincare be. skin definitely does go through through the genes, including even dark circles mm. uh, when you start to get fine lines have you got any
2: tips for that by the way dark circles because uh, I, I, I have that and I've had that for years and I'm when assuming it's start? just lack of sleep but
1: it gets worse with lack of sleep, yeah. for sure, because your skin becomes translucent. Okay. Um, but ultimately, it's um, periorbital hyperpigmentation. So it means that the melanocytes around the eye have been triggered. Have an, anyone in your family get dark up. circles? Anyone up. with skin of color in your family? No. No, okay. No. It's, a, it's actually quite big for um, Asians. This is a huge okay. problem for Asians. But um, yeah, so what you want to use are tyrosinase inhibitors. Um okay. Uh, tyrosinase right, tyrosinase inhibitors. Okay. So yours aren't that bad. Yeah. We do have a dark circles kit, but they're not that bad to use that particular kit. Okay. Uh, but hopefully this October we're coming out with an incredible eye cream okay. that is for dark circles, yeah. fine lines, and puffy eyes so all three. Okay, um, definitely gonna be. And that'll be more that. affordable okay. as well. So that one, I think, wait for that one um, in November. But that's okay. gonna have retinol, retinaldehyde, formulated for the yeah. eye area. Okay. And um, right now, nobody's ever done that before. Yeah. So that'll be really exciting. Oh, okay. I'll keep an eye out. For I'm that. so excited <laughs> by this
0: conversation. <laughs> it's so you clearly have so much passion in what you're doing. It really comes oh, across. It Thank really. You. you're so genuine you're a lovely person to interview and it's just been so authentic thank Thank you so much Um, we we, we like to wrap up every episode with the same question yes as you know we focus on the practical here at the ground floor so the same question we ask at the end of every episode is if you could give one piece of practical advice to someone listening that might be either thinking of starting a business or has already started a business what would that piece of advice be erring on the side of practical actionable so less you know you have to really work and grind out Mm. work hard and something that's like I did this budgeting hiring marketing anything
1: yeah i'd say number one find a niche find something that somebody hasn't done that you wish had been created for you number two growth mindset is everything you can achieve anything it doesn't matter what people have told you in the past how, you know people told you you're clever or you're not clever it really makes no difference it's about what you believe inside Um, And number three, keep learning. So find your mentors. Nowadays, we don't have to be friends with our mentors. We can read their books. We can learn from their mistakes. So Shoe Dog was one of my favorite books, Um, Nike book, Uh, Phil Knight. I learned so much just reading his book, learning that he came from grassroots, just like I was, and achieved astronomical heights just by having that growth mindset. Um, and then the fourth thing is help everyone around you so really try and help other content creators we are in this thing together and we rise together so it's not about competing with each other like it maybe might have been in the last generation now it's about helping each other because that this is the the era that we're in so Mm. those four things i think should hopefully be helpful (laughs) yeah really
0: good dr benita the floor is yours where can people find you
1: Oh, uh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the time where you're allowed we to, to look, the down, look down the barrel uh, yeah. of the lens. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm on Dr. Benito Rattan and skincare by Dr. V. Also on TikTok, Dr. Benito Rattan and also my YouTube channel, Dr. Benito Rattan too. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Said it better than I ever could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, tune so in. Uh, make sure to subscribe, turn on post notifications, get in those comments. Do as the lady says, engage, and we will engage back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're on audio platforms, make sure to rate us five stars and leave a review. We have plenty of amazing guests coming up. But for now, Dr. Benita, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.